Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Town, Peckle Park, a new beginning, let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby said she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, they. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 235 of the Talking Ferraris podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Padres just won that series against the Cardinals, took two out of three. I'm coming to you after the series finale. Padres lost five to four, uh, but they took game one, five nothing, took game two, one nothing. Got a lot to talk about. If you're in here live, I appreciate that. Any comments, any questions you have, feel free to put them in the chat. Uh, I encourage you to subscribe to the Talking Friars YouTube page for daily Padres content and follow the social media channels at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can use that super chat button if you want to support the channel with any comments. Make sure I get it up on the screen. Use that super chat button. Uh, and also you can use the super thanks button to support the channel. This episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. Located on Friars Road, inside Petco Park, and inside Snapdragon Stadium. Uh, you can visit gaglionebros.com. That, you can find their menu, the phone numbers, uh, their address, all that good stuff. Uh, I definitely recommend you checking them out if you have not already. All right, let's get to it. Padres Cardinals here. The big storyline going in was Albert Pujols and his chase for 700 home runs. The Padres were able to prevent that from occurring. He did not homer at all. Uh, the closest he came to homering was today. I think it was his last at-bat. It was a fly ball to left. Warning track, Profar caught it. The cameras made it look like it was gone. So the cameraman probably pissed off a lot of Cardinals fans there. Um, but the Padres did their jobs with that, right? Uh, you know, going in, it was like, oh, that's going to be such a Padre thing. They're going to give up Pujols' 700th home run. And we're going to see that for the rest of our lives. It's always going to come up, whether that was some people thought it was like stamina in a blowout game, it would happen or. Before we knew Manaya was not going to start, people automatically were like, yeah, all right, Manaya's going to give up the home run. Uh, he had to hit two in this series to get to 700. He almost hit 699 today. Um, so we will see if he gets to 700 this season. Aaron Judge is attempting to get to 61 as we speak right now. He's at 60 home runs. Wild night for the Yankees the other night, homering for Judge, and then later, Grand slam by Giancarlo to walk off the Pirates. But we're talking about the Padres here. 
Uh, game one was great. Game two, I thought was really, really good. Uh, and then today, there were aspects of it that were good. Jerks and Profar had a tremendous game. Um, Joe Musgrove, I thought he pitched well. Five innings, one run. Uh, he, he didn't look like he had his A game. Um, I won't go that far to say that he had his A game. But he still looked good, uh, I thought. Um, and obviously, it's a results-based business, and he only gave up one run. And you're going to take that. Uh, he only went 72 pitches, I think. Yeah, 72 pitches, which was weird. There were fans on Twitter and all that asking me, oh, what happened to Musgrove? Why'd they pull him you know, after five innings? I have no idea. Um, Bob Melvin's going to speak to the media. I, I assume he's probably speaking to the media about now. Um, so I will bring that to you when we know why Musgrove was taken out of the game after five innings. They were showing on Bally him talking with Ruben Niebla. I don't know about, I don't know what it was. I'm not a pitching coach, but he was kind of going through mechanics, Niebla was, to Musgrove kind of opening the chest. So I don't know if Musgrove was pulling off or what. I'd have to probably go look back at it. Uh, I have no idea. But he went five innings. I'm still fine with the performance. The bottom line is I'm fine with the performance that Musgrove gave. Obviously, I just have the same question that all of us fans do, and that is why did he only go five innings when, uh, you know, Snell yesterday, I know he was pitching a lot better, but he went 117 pitches. Musgrove definitely seemed like he had more in the tank uh, unless something happened. And he just didn't feel right. And so they were like, okay, well, now, yeah, there's no need to push you. Okay, um, I could see that. But I, I disagreed with him coming out after five innings. But I'll probably agree with Bowmel once we hear why he was pulled. Um, in terms of offense in this game, I mean, Jerks and Profar, he was a lot of it. He made a great diving catch in left field, I think, in the ninth inning, I think, top of the ninth. Uh, went two for five today, scored a run, drove in two runs. He homered in the first. And then he doubled in the gap to score Campy. Campy had a good day as well. One for four, scored a run, drove in a run. I think he needs to play more. I think Snell and Darvish, those guys, they're going to be caught by Nola. But when Clevenger when Man, uh, is pitching, I don't know about Manaya, but maybe when Manaya is pitching, um, and when Musgrove's pitching, those are three days that you seriously have to think about Campy playing. Uh, I know they want to get Alfaro some reps, but Campy's looking good. Um, I think he's getting better. He's more comfortable, obviously, in the big leagues as time goes on, as he's getting more starts, getting more innings under his belt behind the plate. Um, made a good catch in foul territory today. I know that the runner tagged from first to second. But he's, sh he's showing progress, I think. And uh, I think he's getting more comfortable as well facing Major League Pitching. Remember, this is, I don't know how many at-bats he's had since he was called up, but this is, it feels like to me, the first time that Campy's been actually getting a chance uh, in the big leagues. Last year, wasn't very many at-bats. Earlier this year when he was called up, uh, I think it was during that road trip where they went to Cincinnati, he only got like 14 at-bats. 
So they had to give him more of a chance, or they have to give him more of a chance uh, if they want to see truly what they have in Luis Camposano at the big league level. Um, and it's not like he's struggling a lot, and you're like, oh, it's September, we can't afford this right now, so we're benching him. No, they're comfortable playing him. I think they just need to give him some more at-bats and play him a little bit more. As for Trent Grisham, I think that they don't need to be playing him. Um, I'm, I'm a Grish fan. I, I think that, I know that sounds weird. I don't think they need to be playing and then playing him, and then I say that I'm a Grisham fan. But I do believe in him. Uh, I wish that he would have that swagger back, but it's kind of hard to have that when you're striking out three times in a game like he did today. Uh, I forget what at-bat, I think it was his first at-bat, or maybe his second at-bat, fastball down the middle pretty much, didn't even swing, not even look, didn't even think he was ready to swing. Um, his last at-bat struck out, I think swinging. Let me go through his at-bats here. The sixth inning, did I miss a ninth inning at bat? Yeah, okay, so ninth inning, he flew out to left. In the sixth inning, he struck out swinging. In the fourth inning, struck out looking. That was the one that I'm talking about where he struck out looking. And he struck out swinging in the second. So, yeah, three strikeouts, two of them swinging, one of them looking. That's what he's doing right now. Guess who's not striking out? Jose Zocar. Uh, and I, I liked, we can touch on this right now, actually, because I think it's a good time. Trent Grisham spoke with Jeff Sanders of the San Diego Union Tribune, I believe yesterday, before yesterday's game, about him losing his starting, ro starting role to Jose Zocar. And I liked what he said. He owned up to it saying that he just wasn't playing as good uh, as he should be. Uh, Jose Zocar is playing his ass off, and that, that's why he's not playing. Here, here's Grisham, quote, I haven't played well this year. Uh, we've won four straight. Sugar's, that was before yesterday, so it was five straight after last night. And Sugar's been playing his ass off. I haven't played well this year. I see that. The club sees that. The media, everybody sees that. Later he said, I think I'm an impact player. Even later, he said, the main thing is to just be ready. Be ready whenever my time comes. So that, he's saying the right things. I guess he's working on some stuff. But right now, the Padres can't afford to put him in the lineup and have him strike out three times in a game. It's not like he's striking out three times in a game once, and then he doesn't do it again. I think he leads Major League Baseball this year in strikes, striking out looking. The most strikeout looking. Uh, the most backward Ks, if you will, in Major League Baseball this year. Um, when you have an out at the plate, which is pretty much what Grisham is right now, you got to have a Zokar play. I know a Zokar is not going to play every day, so I'm not going to get too mad about you know Grisham playing today. Uh, but a Zokar, I expect him to start all three games in Colorado. I expect him to play most days. They have the off day on Monday, so I expect him to play that whole Dodger series unless you know something happens. Uh, him hitting ninth having good at-bats, making more contact than Grisham. He's fast in the outfield. Um, you're not losing a whole lot there. 
Azokar is the obvious choice um, over Trent Grisham. Let me look at the splits, by the way, because I don't want to just be talking about the eye test. You know, I, I do want to talk about the numbers a little bit because I know the numbers. It's obviously it's obvious that Grisham's numbers are not better than Jose Azokar as of late, and that's what matters right now. Trent Grisham. Last seven games, he's hitting 0.71 with a 133 on base percentage. And then let me check Jose Azokar's numbers real quick. Hold on one second. And I'll compare the same thing, the last seven games. Last seven games, Azokar is hitting 4.35 with a 4.35 on base percentage. That's a lot better than Grisham. Both guys probably play comparable defense. Azokar still has speed. He's the guy you play over Grisham right now. You know, that's case closed, I think. Yeah, Oceanside Boy 760 here says, can anyone explain why Bomel pulled Joe Musgrove? Uh, I think Bomel is going to explain it to the media. I would expect him to explain it in moments. I haven't seen any tweets about it. I don't know. Five innings, 72 pitches, uh, gave up one run. Maybe it's a pitch count thing. I, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe something happened. Maybe he felt something and they pulled him. That's my guess, but I don't want to speculate about anything. So I'm going to wait for Bomel to uh, talk to the media. Jeffrey says, I don't hate the fact that he hit in the nine hole. He has more pop than Azokar, but Azokar has been on fire. Well, the fact that Azokar has been on fire is why I think he should be playing over Grisham. Again, I'm not going to be mad about Grisham starting today. You know, he's Azokar's not going to play every single day. You do have to rest him a little bit. But as we head down the stretch here, um, with the off day Monday, he should be playing every game in Colorado, every game against the Dodgers after the off day Monday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and you'll see after that where the Padres stand in the standings. Oceanside Boys 760 says, who's at fault for today's loss? Probably more Hone and Martinez. Um, I mean, Manny hit his 30th home run of the year. Profar homered, doubled in a run. Camposano drove in a run. Like, they scored four runs today. Uh, Musgrove gave up one run. But I'd probably put it on the bullpen. I'm not going to put it on Bob Melvin or any decision-making uh, of his, like Nick Martinez has been one of the best relievers for the Padres since he went to the bullpen. He's taken on any role that the Padres have asked of him. So I'm not going to put it, you know, like, you know, totally bash Nick Martinez. Yeah, he didn't have his stuff today. So I guess you could blame it. I think it's a combination of him and Morahone because you got to remember when Morahone came in the game in the sixth inning, let me go through what he did before Martinez came in. So, got the fly out, fly out, fly out. He had a good sixth inning, but then the seventh inning came. Single to Dylan Carlson, walked Lars Newtbar, so first and second. And then Nick Martinez came in. So, it's a combination of those two. So, those two guys got on, Carlson and Newtbar. They both scored on the grand slam hit by Brennan Donovan. Martinez came in, walked Edmund to load the bases, gave up the grand slam to Brennan Donovan. That pitch was middle of the plate. You talk about a meatball. 
That's a meatball. So, um, then he gave a single to goalie. He didn't score, though. Um, I, I'd put it on the combination of Morahone and Martinez. But I'm not going to go bash either of them because they've both been pretty darn good for the Padres this year. You know? Um, so, yeah, I agree. Randy in the chat here says walks beat us. Yeah. How many walks? It was two, two walks before the Grand Slam. Both runs scored. Take those walks out, and let's say those are outs. Padres win 4-3. But, obviously, that didn't happen, and you just got to move on. Um, I still don't see any quotes yet from Bob Melvin. I don't know if they're showing the post-game presser on Valley or anything, but... Nothing yet about the Musgrove decision. But I think the offense, they played well. Yeah, I think this offense, they showed up this series. I know yesterday they didn't really show up, scored one run against Miles Michaelis. But the bottom line is Michaelis pitched well yesterday, so did Snell, obviously. We'll get to that game. The bottom line is the offense, they're starting to click as a whole. Ever since that players-only meeting before Friday's game, They've been clicking pretty much as a whole. I know, I think that Gallon game, they won like 2-0. It wasn't a big scoring game from them. But in the postseason, you're not going to be facing, um, you know, who they face. Well, they face Wainwright. They might face Wainwright. Uh, but you're not going to be, my point is, you're not going to be facing, you know, those, you're not going to be facing bad pitchers. You're not going to be facing Shamanaya giving up eight runs, right? You're going to be facing these type of guys. And so that's why I'm encouraged by this series, right? This offense, they combined to score 10 runs in this series compared to St. Louis's five runs. All of St. Louis's five runs came today. So they shut out St. Louis Tuesday and Wednesday. That's encouraging. I love where the starting pitching is at. Um, the bullpen, still confident with the bullpen. This team is still in a very good spot. I know that a lot of people, Padres Twitter, was freaking out about after Martinez gave up the Grand Slam, and it's like it's almost people forgot we won this series. And I know they're reacting in the moment, but I am confident where this team is at. We have the first tweet, by the way, about Joe Musgrove. AJ Casvel says Musgrove was dealing with some arm fatigue this week, and the Padres decided to put him on a limited pitch count, hence the 72 pitches today. So that's the news. He was dealing with some arm fatigue. That's kind of what I speculated on a few moments ago, but I didn't want to go full speculation mode, if that makes sense, because I just didn't know. So he was on a limited pitch count. Uh, Musgrove says, quote, it's not something I'm worried about at all, end quote. Uh, he's going to get an extra day of rest before his next start. So that's definitely not something I think Padre fans should be worried about at all. He went five innings, gave up one run. It wasn't an injury. He just felt some fatigue leading up to the start this week, um, and they put him on a limited pitch count. So this was the plan all along. You can exhale. Everything's fine. All right, moving on to Tuesday. Or excuse me, we'll start with when We'll go back to Wednesday. So obviously they lost today 5-4. When Ryan Helsley came in, by the way, Machado hit the home run off him. I think it was a 91-mile-an-hour pitch. The guy was throwing 103, 104. Hopefully they can get him if they face him in the postseason. 
But that guy is throwing absolute heat. You can't be too mad at the team for not being able to hit 104, you know. And there was that, you know, the strikeout to Drury, he was dotting it at the bottom of the zone. You know, I'd love any of us to go stand in the batter's box and try to hit that, you know. So I'm not going to get mad at all about the, with the offense with that. Again, they scored four runs today. I'm happy with that. Ten runs. They doubled the Cardinals' runs in this series. I'm fine. with where. I'm definitely fine, happy with where this offense is. Um, even on Wednesday, like I know they scored one run, but this was one of those games, kind of like that Saturday game against Zach Gallen last Saturday um, in Arizona. This, this was like that a playoff-type game. You know, two really good starting pitchers were on the mound against each other. Miles Michaelis, Blake Snell, and one got the better of the other. Um, or is it the best of the other? However you say it, whatever. Snell obviously was the story. Six and two-third, no hit innings. Um, man, it's 13 strikeouts. Best Padre start I've seen Blake Snell have in a Padre uniform ever. Um, two hits he allowed, walked two guys. And the two hits he gave up to Pujols and I think it was Yepes, whoever it was, after him, ground balls to second base. Can't get mad at that. Next year, those are outs from the shift uh, because Crony's going to be standing with his feet on the infield. So, Or at least he'd have a better chance at getting those balls. Maybe he shifted still towards second base, but he's not going to be on the outfield grass totally shifted. So... I am so happy with where Blake Snell is at. Uh, sure. Was I frustrated earlier this year when he wasn't throwing strikes consistently? He was, you know, getting pulled from games because he was walking guys with the bases loaded in Colorado. Of course I was. Was it a good conversation to have, uh, or at least a good debate to have on here or on, you know, sports talk radio and stuff? Should the Padres trade Snell for a power-hitting outfielder? Yeah, I think it was because they had the depth at that time. Nick Martinez, I believe, was still in the rotation at that time. Manaya was pitching quality starts at that time. And they didn't have Juan Soto at that time, you know. Uh, I think Will Myers was hurt still at that time. So I think it was a good conversation to have then. I always believed in the stuff that he had. Uh, I always believed that this guy will show up at some point for the Padres. But I also will I also will admit, obviously, that it was maddening watching him pitch, you know, in May or whatever. Uh, and he's saying, yeah, just wait, just wait. I'll find it. You know, I, I'm, I'm just finding my groove here. I'll be better in the second half. I'm building up. That's frustrating to hear from a starting pitcher when he's, you know, losing his command and not going six innings, you know. Um, but look, I, can't, I could not be happier to see Blake Snell having success right now because right now is when you want him to have that success, right? If you could pick a point in time for Blake Snell to have success in a season, it's in September, late September, like we are here, September 22nd, heading down the stretch, last two weeks of the season, heading into the postseason. No doubt about it. Um, I mean, to have this fastball that he has going 98, 99 uh, with a slider. I mean, if you look at his pitches that he, I think there were no strikeouts looking yesterday. So 
What that tells me is he was beating Cardinals batters with his stuff. That's how good his stuff was. Fastballs were all in the same spot, up and into righties, or up and away, excuse me, to righties. And his slider, or his breaking ball, they were all down and in to righties, I believe. That's what it was. I think I saw that on Bally. So he was hitting his spots. He wasn't striking out guys uh, just on velocity, even though the velocity was there. But he was striking out guys with the location as well, with that stuff. He has that, dude. Man, this guy is the game two starter probably for the Padres in a wild card series. Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove. I, I, I heard John and Jim on the radio here today while I was watching this Padres game uh, talking about, hey, should we be talking about Snell maybe? Is it out of the question? Snell to pitch game one and Darvish to pitch game two. I still think Darvish would pitch game one. He's throwing ahead of Snell right now in terms of the schedule. Uh, Musgrove is, is pitching the day after Snell on the schedule. So just looking at the schedule that way, I, I think that's what you would go with, one, two, three. They still have to make the postseason, I know. Uh, but it's still, a, I think, a fun debate conversation to have because I'm confident this team's going to make the postseason. If you're not confident this team's going to make the postseason, I don't know what to tell you. You're just trying to be mad about something. Like, this team played almost as great as it could have played against a playoff team in this series. With the Cardinals coming in here, Clevenger pitched great. Five and two-thirds shutout innings. We'll get to that game in a second. Snell had a no-hitter through six and two-thirds last night. Musgrove, on a pitch limit, pitch count limit, five innings, one run. You're going to take that every time out, especially when, has a, when he has a like a 70-pitch, essentially, pitch count limit. Uh, yeah. The one thing that went wrong pretty much today was Morahone and Martinez. But other than that, this series went really well, I think. So I think you got to be happy where we're this, where, with where this team is at. That's a mouthful. I think you got to be happy with where this team is at right now. Um, let me check where they're at in the standings just to make sure. Milwaukee plays later tonight. They got the Reds and the Phillies play Atlanta. Uh, Padres right now. Again, this is probably going to change if you're listening to the podcast or this is on replay. It's probably changed by now. Uh, those games might be over by now. But Philadelphia right now is a game back from the Padres for the second wild card. And the Padres have a three-and-a-half game lead on Milwaukee for a playoff spot. Philadelphia is in that final wild card spot. They have a two-and-a-half game lead on Milwaukee right now. That's where things stand right now. Atlanta, 93-56. and 56. They obviously have a big lead on the first wild card. For them, it's just a matter of if they can catch the Mets. Atlanta's a game back of the Mets right now for the National League East. If the season ended today, Padres would play the Braves um, in the wild card series in Atlanta. But again, we still have you know a couple weeks, a little more than a, or less than a couple weeks, I believe. Yeah, less than a couple weeks. October fifth is the last day of the regular season. That one ten start, I believe, is when it is against the Giants at home. Less than two weeks away. So things can change, but that's where the things stand right now. Getting back to Saturday, or excuse me, to uh, Tuesday's game. I keep thinking today's a weekend for some reason. I was encouraged. I mean, you look at this lineup, right? Going back to, not Tuesday. We haven't talked about Tuesday yet. Wednesday's game. So Soto got a hit, went one for three. But, you know, the... The offense scores one run, but 
if you're looking for positives out of this offensive performance, the bottom four hitters in this lineup all got hits. Kim went one for three. Myers went one for three playing first. Nola one for two, drove in the only run. Azokar went one for three. Again, I think he should be playing every day in center field over Grisham, or at least most days. If you're going to give Azokar a day off, okay, but he's obviously the starting center fielder. I, I, there's no debate there. Um, so the bottom of the lineup did come through in this game. That's a positive. Um, Snell, obviously, this guy is one of the best starting pitchers in baseball right now, I think, because of how nasty his stuff is right now, and he is locked in. Um, Robert Suarez shut out inning last night. Josh Hader, I think he gave up a couple hits, but I was still confident that I wasn't nervous at all. one nothing game, yeah, you're kind of like, okay, well, it's, it's a one nothing game, so I guess you know fans are going to be nervous in a one nothing game, but I'd be lying to say I was nervous when Josh Hader took the mound last night in a one nothing game. That's where I am with Josh Hader. I am super confident in the guy. This is it's like Snell. I've always believed that he is going to come back. Um, John Schaefer, I know he. Uh, I think Jim also Jim Russell also said this too. They were of the viewpoint. I'm sure they weren't alone. So I'm not just outing them. They probably weren't alone with the viewpoint or the perspective or opinion that Josh Hader, when he was blowing that, uh, blowing those games, or not blowing games. Well, yeah, he was blowing games against Washington, but uh, after the, that, like Kansas City game where he was trash, they were saying that this guy shouldn't be pitching in another high leverage situation all year. They didn't think he was going to pitch in another high leverage situation all year long. And this was at like the beginning of September, I think. And I said, no, he has like three weeks to turn it around, a couple weeks to work on things. And guess what? They put him in less than a week later, I believe, in San Francisco in a save situation. He got the save, and he hasn't looked back since. So look what having confidence in a guy does. It's everything. Having confidence in Blake Snell last night too, Bowmel did. Um, you know, in that seventh inning, I thought that was big. I'm sure that gave Blake a big confidence boost as well going forward. Where he's he gave up the no-hitter, gave up two straight hits. You have first and second in the seventh inning. It's a one-run game. Could have went to the bullpen. He sticks with Snell and allows Snell to get out of it to strike out. Um, I forget who that was. But struck him out with first and second. Let me go to that seventh inning. Paul DeYoung. Yeah. So he gave up the two grounders to second that got through because of the shift to Pujols and Yepes. But Bomel leaves him in. There's the mound visit by Niebla. And then he strikes out Paul DeYoung. And the crowd went nuts. At least that's, that's what I heard on TV. The atmosphere looked amazing there last night. I was there Tuesday. The atmosphere was great then as well. Had almost 40,000 people there. Padres fans, as usual this year, they're showing up. Um, but yeah, just... Bomel continuing to have confidence in guys. That's huge, I think. Especially when it's not a bench player, right? It's a starter that has the stuff, Blake Snell. It has it's your closer, Josh Hader, who really was struggling, obviously. But he had the confidence in him to put him out there in San Francisco. And he hasn't looked back. And uh that takes some guts for a manager to do that, especially like the San Francisco situation. Um, but Bomel, he has guts. 
And these aren't decisions that former Padres managers would be making. They'd actually probably be making the wrong decisions, pulling guys early. Or maybe it's the right decision. Maybe if uh, it was a different manager than Bowmel last night and he pulls Snell with first and second, maybe Suarez or whoever comes into the game, gets out of the inning. But he didn't. He gave, he kept the ball, not gave, he kept the ball in Blake's hands and said, no, you got this. And he came through. So I love that. Love our manager, Bob Melvin. Um, so Padres won that one, one nothing. Let me look at the chat here. I'm kind of behind probably on the chat. Ivory says Beller Myers at first. Um, I mean, I like either at first. They've had Drury out there. I think they like Bell DHing right now. I'd probably go Myers at first, to be honest, just like defensively in terms of Bell or Myers. But Bell is bigger than Myers, so that might play into effect. Irie says, I remember everyone wanting to trade Blake. I was like, no way, he's our second half Snellzilla. Yeah, and again, like I mentioned, I I remember putting a video out um, asking fans if they'd trade Blake Snell for a power-hitting outfielder. Guess what? They did trade a starter. It was Mackenzie Gore and a lot of other pieces, obviously. So they got to keep Snell, and they got Juan Soto on it, and Jury and Bell and that. And that. Um, so... I think it's the best of both worlds. You know, obviously, I wish the best for Mackenzie Gore and Jarlon Susanna and everyone they gave up in that deal. Uh, but I wasn't expecting them to get Juan Soto, so that's why I was like, "Would you trade Snell for a power inning outfielder? You have Gore pitching well. You have Manaya. You have Martinez and Darvish, obviously, and Musgrove. Uh, you have options. They need offense in the outfield. Myers was still hurt. Like it, it was something being discussed." Now, fast forward, again, I always believed in the stuff. I always believed that he would turn it on in the second half. But fast forward now, and you're telling me, oh, you can have Snell and Soto? Of course I'm taking that. You know, of course. Again, I have nothing personal against Mackenzie Gore or anything, but obviously you take that. All right, moving on to... Game number one in this series. Padres won that one. Five nothing. By the way, sorry, let me touch on this. Uh the five game win streak. It ended today, obviously. The fifth win was last night. Before I move on to Tuesday's game, I did have a couple notes here. Juan Soto in his last that bat, he walked on Wednesday night. He became the first player since 1906. 1906 to reach 500 walks. Before 24 years old. Don't even know who was playing in 1906, but that was a long time ago. And whenever stats are read, it's first since 1930 or 1950 or whatever. This is a different level. 1906. 500 walks before hitting 24 years old. His plate discipline is like no, no one I've ever seen watch live. Uh, and then the starting pitching... Last five games before entering today, 
One run allowed, four straight shutouts going back to Friday. Friday, I have this, I actually had a tweet about it. Let me pull that up real quick. Because I want to make sure I get the numbers right. If you include the last uh, six games, including today, two runs allowed by the starting pitching. Still tremendous. Still really, really good. So let me go back to the tweet that I put out. Okay, so during the five-game win streak, you had Snell September 16th against the Diamondbacks, seven innings, one run. Musgrove September 17th at Arizona, six innings, no runs. Darvish September 18th at Arizona, six innings, no runs. Mike Clevenger after the off day, Tuesday against St. Louis. We'll get to that game in a moment. Five and two-thirds innings, no runs. And then Snell yesterday, September 21st against St. Louis, seven innings, no runs. Is this good? I, I think that's pretty good. This is the best the starting pitching has pitched all season long. And uh, that's a big reason why I'm very confident in this Padres team. And uh, if the starting pitching pitches like this and the offense can score three, four runs, they can beat any wild card opponent that they face in the postseason. Again, I know, I know, I know. Don't want to jump the gun assuming they make the postseason. Um, all right, moving to Tuesday's game. Padres won this one 5 nothing. It was an electric atmosphere when Albert came up. The entire third base side, it was a lot of Cardinals fans, they all stood up and watched the at-bat standing the whole time. That's what I noticed. And in left field, it was packed, obviously. Zach Campbell was there. Uh, by the way, I think it was funny. There was a home run that game, Hassan Kim, and it went kind of into the section Hample was sitting in, and he didn't get it. Um, <laughs> anyway. So the entire left field bleachers, they were all standing up when Pools was up. Entire third baseline, they were all standing up when Pools was up. And I was glad that he didn't hit any home runs in this series because the Padres won the series. Uh, if he would have hit a home run yesterday, probably would have been a big home run, right? Um, but it was cool to see him one more time in person because he's retiring at the end of the year. Cardinals would be hosting the Padres if they do play one another in the postseason. Uh, they call him a machine for the reason, for for the reason. They call him the machine for a reason. Singled through the left side, had uh, in the ninth inning with two outs, I believe, had a single through the right side. Hit machine. 42 years old, still doing it. So an incredible career for Albert Pujols that isn't over, uh, but it's still fun to watch him. And uh, it's fun to watch him, obviously, more. When, the, when he's not playing the Padres, because you don't have to worry about it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we should cherish these last moments of Albert Pujols' career. I know that's like Cardinal loving, but they're not playing the Cardinals anymore. If they play the Cardinals in the postseason, then I won't be, trust me, I will not be loving on Albert Pujols um, during the series. Trust me. Not going to happen. But now that this series is over and it's you know, the regular season, I think definitely need to give him uh, the props, the praise. Today, I almost thought he, that uh, home run was going to be 699, or the fly out to left. I thought that was going to be 699. It wasn't, uh, but he gave it a good ride. All right. Padres' magic number after Tuesday was 10. Right now, it is 9. 
Um, could be eight if Milwaukee loses today. So keep tabs on that. Milwaukee, again, they play Cincinnati today. And um, I believe that game's probably underway right now. Yeah, Brewers are up 2-0 in the fourth. So if that score holds or if the Brewers hold the lead, then the magic number will still be nine going into the Colorado series starting tomorrow night. We'll get to that Colorado series here in a little bit. But talking about Tuesday's game, I mean, I loved the overall offense. Um, it wasn't just Manny and Soto, although they did come through, which obviously was encouraging to see. You had Manny singling in the fifth. You had Soto driving in the fifth run in the seventh. Line drive, sweet swing from Juan Soto. But you had other guys. Uh, you had Crony deliver the single to left um, in the first to score Soto and Manny. You had Kim hitting his 10th home run of the year in the fourth uh, to make it 3-0 Padres. You had other guys contributing. Top three guys in the lineup combined for five hits on Tuesday. Uh, but also, the bottom of the order. Kim had two hits. Azokar had another hit. Um, Josh Bell was hitting sixth, I believe, that night. He had one hit. Cronenworth obviously had that hit in the first inning. They had two guys in the order. Drury and Nola didn't get hits. Um, they didn't really contribute a whole lot, but then Nola came through the next day, yesterday. So pretty much the whole lineup came through at some points during this series. You obviously have the rotation, pitching the way they're pitching right now, pitching their butts off, and you have the bullpen pitching their butts off most of the time. I know today Morajon and Martinez weren't great, but I'm so confident in them. This is a really good overall team right now, the way that they're playing. And I think they can beat anyone they play in the wildcard series right now, the way they're playing. Again, that could change, but right now, I'm just speaking on right now. Um, so, really encouraging stuff in this game. Uh, Clevenger, I, I mean, from what I, I, I was looking at the radar gun, obviously, at Petco, and he was reaching like 96, I want to say, in pretty deep in the outing, like the fifth inning, still going like 96, gave up three hits. Uh, walked two guys, struck out three, didn't give up any runs. He was working pretty fast, I thought. Um, obviously, Pujols didn't hit a home run. I was encouraged, obviously, from what I saw from Clev, what I saw from the whole rotation this series. You're facing a playoff team, a Cardinals lineup. Yeah, they haven't been scoring a ton of runs recently, but they do have the ability to score runs. We saw that today, them scoring five runs. Um, and you shut them down. Had a 1-2-3 first inning. Uh, walked Pujols, but got three outs there quick, pretty quick in that second inning. Uh, got another walk with Brennan Donovan. We've got three outs other than that. Yachty played, by the way, in just one game in this series. Sat the last two. Three up, three down in the fourth inning. Fifth inning allowed a single from Pujols. Uh, another single, but then he got a double play. Mound visit, and then he got a soft ground ball to shortstop to end the inning. Um, so, I mean, when he did get into trouble, he got out of it, right? Um, yeah, he gave up that double hit by pitch to end his outing. Probably wishes that it would have been cleaner there. But the innings that he was able to finish or that he was allowed to finish, he did his job and got out of those any jams that he got into. Martinez came in that game. And 
he got Corey Dickerson to line out DeSoto. So he pitched well there. You know, that was the high leverage situation, right? First and second. Had to make sure that you got out of that situation. And Martinez ended up not just finishing the sixth, but he pitched the seventh as well. Didn't give up any hits, didn't give up any runs, didn't walk anyone. So I'm still going to, despite today from Martinez, I'm still obviously very confident in Nick Martinez going forward. I still think he's probably that uh, high leverage guy in the bullpen. Hater the closer, obviously. You have Suarez you can go to. Got a lot of different guys you can go to. Uh, Garcia probably like the eighth inning if they're going to use Martinez in different roles. If you had to like solidify a role for Martinez, you'd probably say the eighth. But if you're having Martinez kind of be the rover in the bullpen, then it's probably Garcia in the eighth, Hayter nine, seventh. Who do you go to? Suarez maybe, Marjone, whoever. Um, I'm confident definitely where this bullpen is. So I really loved, I've said this multiple times already, loved where this team was at in this series. You know, the whole burn the ships mantra, you know, leaving everything behind, those personal desires. Uh, sure, like Trent Grisham, for example. Personally, does he want to be playing? Sure, but he knows he has to be a good teammate for Jose Azoka right now. Um, and he just has to be ready for whenever Bomel calls on his name, uh, calls his name, excuse me. That's what the burn the ships is. You know, leave the personal desires, all that stuff behind, you can only go one way, and that, that's forward. That's as a team, right? Being focused every pitch. Being out there for the national anthem on the line. Every pitch. Executing every pitch. Being focused in the box every pitch. And if you're not, you're not going to be playing. As we saw, I'm not saying Grisham wasn't focused today, but if you're not helping the team out, you're not going to be playing. And I, so I don't impish, I don't, what I just say? And tip and pitch. I don't anticipate Grisham playing in, or at least starting in any game in this Colorado series. You're putting your best guys out there. Azokar is the better guy over Grisham right now. He just is. Um, give me your thoughts on this series, where the Padres stand right now. If you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat. If you're on replay or you're listening on the podcast, you can tag me on social media at Talking Friars, Twitter, and Instagram if you have any questions. Uh, my DMs are open as well. So if you have any questions, feel free to uh, hit me up and I'll answer them. Um, I already talked about Grisham and his comments about losing his starting job to his Okar. He said all the right things, so I love that. Uh, definitely being a team player there. I do have a Fernando Tatis Jr. update, by the way. I spoke with A.J. Preller personally at Petco Park on Tuesday before the game. Asked him about Fernando, um, and he said that everything's going well. Can't really. I, I asked him, uh, "What's Fernando really doing right now?" And he said, "Can't really doing anything. He's just resting. Uh, he had a checkup, another checkup with his uh, with a doctor recently. That went well. So he's just pretty much resting. So that's the update on Fernando, and everything's going well." Uh, with that. So I wanted to provide that for you guys there. Um, this Colorado series coming up, by the way, Manaya is going to go Friday. Darvish is going to go Saturday. Clevenger will go Sunday. I know some people are going to be worried about Manaya going tomorrow, but if he varies his deliveries like he did the first two innings in Arizona, I think he'll have pr 
pretty good success against Colorado. Um, I don't really like that he stopped kind of varying his deliveries after the second inning against Arizona. Maybe he wasn't comfortable with it, and so he just shut it down, and so I can understand that. Um, but I hope that he can do that more consistently and or do it longer in his outing on Friday uh, against the Rockies, if that makes sense. Uh, that's obviously the game that you're like, okay, Padres might lose that one. But I'm obviously confident in Darvish, confident in Clevenger, but it is Colorado. You never know what's going to happen there. You can't, like, predict a game there. Um, so it, it's going to be a test. I think the Padres got to get at least one there. I expect them to win the series. I'm not saying that I don't expect them to win the series. But we know that Colorado is weird. They don't play great in Colorado. But with this offense performing better and the rotation pitching better, uh, the bullpen seems in pretty good shape right now. You you got to expect them to win the series. Um, you won this color. You won this. Uh, excuse me. You won the St. Louis series against the Cardinals here, against the playoff team. You have to expect them to go win a series against a non-playoff team. But again, it's Colorado. It's baseball. Can't really predict what happens in Colorado, but I want competitive baseball. And you just can't get swept, definitely. Uh, especially with Milwaukee right now. They're going to be playing Cincinnati this weekend. Uh, you don't. You do not want Milwaukee to gain that ground back. Uh, and all this room that you gained on Milwaukee during this St. Louis series and getting that magic number down, you want to keep getting that magic number down, bringing it down. Now it's nine. Uh, could be eight if Milwaukee loses today. They're not losing right now, though. You want to keep getting that down. Control what you can control, and you can control playing really good baseball against a non-playoff team. So I'm, ho I'm hoping for a sweep, obviously. Ex I'm expecting a series win. But uh, if they only take one, I don't think it's the end of the world. I, I like where they're at right now, uh, if that makes sense. So give me your thoughts. What do you want out of this Colorado series? What did you think? of this Padres Cardinals series. Let me know here in the chat uh, before we get going here. By the way, I am scheduled to interview a former Padre on the show, so stay tuned for that. Not going to name him because I, I don't want to uh, put him on the spot or anything in case it doesn't happen, but I am scheduled to interview a former San Diego Padre who's been on the Padres recently uh, on the show might come out this weekend if the interview happens, uh, so stay tuned for that. Or might be might come out tomorrow, I don't know. All right, going through the comments here. I agree with this from Jeffrey. This series should be a great indicator that we can win in the postseason. Unfortunate for us to not get the magic number down. I agree with all of that, yeah. Um, we can win in the postseason. If this rotation is pitching the way they pitched in this series and the bullpen pitches the way they pitched for the majority of this series, all you got to do is win a series in the postseason. You don't have to sweep it. You just got to win it. And this is an indicator that they can win in the postseason. It's another postseason team that they won a series against. Johnny says, I think he means... Albert, not Alex. But he says, I hope Alex, so I'll just say Albert. I hope Albert gets 700, but not at Petco. 
And I hope Zach doesn't catch any home runs or foul balls at Petco as well. Well, the series is over, and you don't have to worry about that. Uh, that guy did not catch any home runs, at least that I know of. Um, and Albert did not get to 700. He did not even get to 699. The closest that he got was today. Fly out on the warning track to left. Profar got it. Cameraman probably made fans in St. Louis watching the game get up from their couch. Um, good job out of him, I guess. He kind of convinced me that that was going to go too. Um, but it did not go out. Jeffrey says, it feels like it's going to be a high-scoring affair tomorrow. Both pitchers have a high ERA. Yeah, let me give you who is starting for the Rockies tomorrow. Obviously, Manaya, like I said, is starting on Friday, Darvish Saturday, Clevenger Sunday. It'll be Ryan Feltner uh, tomorrow against Manaya. That's at 510. Rockies, by the way, are 64 and 86 as we speak. It'll be Chad Cole, a 5-4-8 ERA against Darvish on Saturday, so that's definitely a game the Padres should be winning. And Kyle Freeland, the guy that was uh, crushing the dugout in Colorado earlier this year, he has a 4-3-8 ERA. He'll be facing Clev on Sunday. That's a 12-10. And the Padres have an off day Monday. And then I'm excited. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Padres, Dodgers, another test. Padres obviously lost that Dodgers series at Petco. Uh, last time they played. But the rotation was not pitching as good as it is right now. The offense was not clicking in all cylinders. I'm not saying it's clicking on all cylinders, but most of the lineup produced in this series. So I think the Padres, if they continue it against Colorado, uh, they'll have a better chance at winning the Dodgers series or at least being competitive. I think we have to get there first because obviously that Sunday game against the Dodgers where they lost the series, the rubber match, that got out of hand, so I think progress would be definitely winning a game in that series, but not letting games, any games get out of hand uh, in favor of the Dodgers in that series. But that series, by the way, I already said this, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all three of those are night games, by the way. And then uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the White Sox, and then they finish off against the Giants. That'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, October 5th at 1.10 is the season, regular season finale. Uh, and then hopefully the Padres are going to play some postseason baseball. So the last road trip of the season, regular season for the Padres, that is, is in Colorado. And then they have nine games in a row at home to finish off the season. You want those games at home to finish off the season. Don't have to go anywhere. And you can clinch a postseason spot at home. That's going to be fun. The earliest they can clinch, I believe, is Wednesday now because they lost today. I could be wrong on that. I think it was going to be t it was next Tuesday against the Dodgers if they won today, I think. Uh, but I think they'd have to win all their games in Colorado and Milwaukee would have to lose all their games or something like that up till Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever. So I think Wednesday is the earliest they can clinch. The White Sox series is probably more of a realistic goal. You hope it doesn't get to the Giants series. I hope. I want to enjoy that. You know, be able to pitch, you know, Manaya and uh, not have Darvish go seven, eight innings. Same with Snell. You know, give them a little bit rest, get some work in. 
but already have clinched a playoff spot. Jeffrey says, pods, cards, I was very happy with the first two games. Do feel like we squandered an opportunity for the sweep today. I agree. Uh, but Martinez, Morajone, they weren't really on their games today. That's kind of something that I just flush and move on. I'm confident in those guys moving forward. I've already said that multiple times, I think, already in this episode. Um, you know, they scored four runs today. So I do take some encouraging things from this game. Musgrove on a pitch count limit. Around 70 pitches through 72 today. He, he still only gave up one run. As for Padres Rockies, Jeffrey says, looking forward to a great offensive series. I think Drury bounces back from a tough Cardinals series. Yeah, him and probably Josh Bell, right? Those are two guys that didn't, just based on what I remember, didn't produce a ton in this series. I don't want to just say that just off of eye test and what I remember. So let me go back in this series here and look at the game logs. My Wi-Fi has to load, so bear with me for a minute here. I'm going to look at Brandon Drury's first. So in this series, he went 0 for 9. I believe. Today went 0 for 4, 0 for 1 yesterday, 0 for 4 on Tuesday. And then if you look at Josh Bell, who was pinch run for, I believe, by Luis Liberato later in today's, or late in today's game. Uh, last three games for him, or this series for him. He went... One for ten. So yeah, Drury and Bell, you'd like to see them get going. I like to see, I don't know what Myers did, but I, uh, I just like to see the first baseman, the DH, get going uh, in total, like as a whole. Uh, I know Myers has been pretty good, but just, I guess I'm lumping him in there as well, uh, just because he's first base DH sometimes. So just those as a group, just want them to get going. I agree. All right, there's no more questions. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 235, Talking Friars Podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fenn, signing off. Go Padres. Very encouraging series, in my opinion. Colorado starting tomorrow. Have a good night, everyone. See you later.